The following message, entitled, Living in Harmony for the Glory, part 44 of the series, A Righteousness of God, was given by Mark Altrogi on the 26th of April, 2015. To learn more about our church, please visit sgcindianapa.org. That, that's really the way the human race is, isn't it? I mean, until Jesus changes us, that's, that's the way it is. We, we want it all, and we want it now. We don't want to wait for it. But Jesus calls His followers to be different than the world. He calls us to have a completely different mindset. Instead of making our goal in life to please ourselves, we're to make it our aim to glorify God. And when our aim is to glorify God, it changes the way we treat others. And that's what our passage is about today. So let's read verses 1-13 through from Romans 15. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with His people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol Him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even He who arises to rule the Gentiles. In Him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let's pray. Lord, Thank You for Your Word. Thank You for this church, Lord. I thank You for the way they make our jobs as pastors such a joy and the way that they seek to obey Your Word and apply it and the way we all want to, Lord. So help us, Lord, today. Please teach us from Your Word. Holy Spirit, please open the eyes of our hearts to see wonderful things in Your Word. And help us, Lord, to obey Your Word and to apply it in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, the main thrust of this 
passage is that believers should live in harmony for the glory of God. We should live in harmony with one another for the glory of God. When we live for the glory of God, it changes the way we treat each other's. When we live for the glory of God, we won't pass judgment on one another, which Bob preached on from Romans 14 two weeks ago. When we live for the glory of God, we'll give up our freedoms in Christ so that we won't make other brothers stumble, as Joe preached on last week from Romans 14. Here's, here's a, another way of looking at it. When a married couple lives for the glory of God, when they make the goal of their marriage to glorify God, it changes the way they work through a conflict. Instead of trying to win, or instead of trying to prove I'm right, or instead of trying to get what I want and I want it now, instead of doing that, when we, when we say, okay, if we ask ourselves the question, okay, in the middle of this conflict, what would most glorify God right now? What do I need to do to glorify God right now? Okay, I need to give up my rights or what I want to serve my wife or my husband. When brothers and sisters sin against each other, we, we might want to unleash our temper on someone or, or cut them out of our lives. But if we ask the question, what should I do that will most glorify God in this situation? That changes the way we relate to one another. And so, I will seek to live in harmony with my brothers and sisters if I'm seeking to glorify God because that brings Him glory when we live in harmony together. And so, this morning... I'm going to hit three main points from this passage, and that is live in harmony by serving others, live in harmony by imitating Christ, and our harmony glorifies God. So first of all, I just want to say that I'm not necessarily, I'm not going to go through this passage sentence by sentence because Paul kind of comes back to these themes. So I'm going to hit these themes, but we're going to cover everything in the passage. So first of all, we're to live in harmony by serving others. And so this is verses 1, 2, and 7. But we serve others by bearing with the weak, by building others up, and by welcoming each other. So we live in harmony as we bear with the failings of the weak, as we build one another up, and as we welcome each other. And that's serving. So first of all, we, we live in harmony as we bear with the weak. Verse 1, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. See, there it is again. If I'm living for the glory of God, I need to not seek to please myself all the time but to bear with the failings of the weak. It says we who are strong in the faith have an obligation. This is our duty. This is a debt we have. And that obligation is to bear with the failings of the weak. See, some of us are stronger in the faith than others. 
If you have been a Christian for 10 or 15 years, you're going to be much stronger than someone who's only been a Christian for a couple of weeks or a month or a year. Most likely, if you've been a Christian for a long time, you've been through hard times and challenges, and you've seen how God is faithful. You've seen how God's Word, how God keeps His Word and His promises. If you've been a Christian for a while, you should know many of God's promises and have faith that God is going to protect you and and guide you and provide for you. Someone who is new in the faith, in, in the Word of God and knowledge of God, won't have all this knowledge of the Word. They won't have the experience in seeing God's faithfulness. And at times, people who are new in the faith will fall many times and struggle. And as one person says, there's a spark of grace, but there's a lot of smoke. And so the, the, the faith is there. They're alive. But, but, but I know that when I was a young Christian, I, I had that spark of the faith. I was genuinely born again. I believed in Jesus, but there was a lot of smoke in my life. I had a lot of failings, a lot of failures a lot of sins that God was working on, and I still have many failures. I'm not saying that I have arrived. But we who are strong in the faith must not get frustrated or annoyed at those who are weak. We must not get annoyed at people who keep doubting God or keep struggling or keep falling into worry or anxiety. And that's not just necessarily someone who's been a Christian a month. It might be someone who's been a Christian for a while, but they're just weak and have a hard time or maybe struggling with a sin. And we must not get frustrated or annoyed if someone is struggling with a sin. But we must bear with the failings of the weak. We who have managed to make progress in our lives conquering sin must not get frustrated with those who are struggling with sin. And so 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, And we urge you, brothers... Admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Now, some of the brothers in Thessalonica were idle. They weren't working. And it might have been because they thought Jesus was going to return soon. So, if Jesus is coming back soon, why bother going to work every day? You know, I could understand that. And so, there were, there were brothers who were idle. And, and Paul says, no. Admonish them. Hey, get a job. Others were faint-hearted. I just, I, I just don't think I can make it to the end. They needed to be encouraged. God is going to help you. God promises to never leave you nor forsake you. Others were weak. They needed to be helped. I'll pray for you. I'll, I'll help you by asking you how it's going. But notice this. All of them needed brothers and sisters who would be patient with them. Be patient with them all. And see, this is, this is so challenging because I think Paul's saying, be patient even with the idle brothers who aren't getting a job. Be patient with them. 
Be patient with the faint-hearted. See, see, here's something that I heard once that we can fall into. It is so easy to judge others out of our strengths. So easy if you don't struggle with something to judge somebody else who's struggling with something. You know, how can how can it be so hard for you? I, that, I don't struggle with that. I remember when my dad quit smoking. My dad had smoked for 20 years, and then one day he just decided to quit, and boom, quit. That was it. No nicotine patches, no struggles, no, no struggle at all. He just quit. He, and he just couldn't understand how people could struggle with it. Hey, you just make up your mind and do it, he would say. I, I smoked too, and I had a really hard time quitting. But my dad, he just did it. And he couldn't understand how it would be hard for anybody else. See, we can judge one another out of our strengths. Maybe you've conquered a certain sin really easily and you can't understand why you keep struggling with that. Come on. Get over it. No, we must. Those who are strong must bear with the failings of the weak. That's how we live in harmony. That's how... That's. That's how Jesus wants us to live together to give glory to God. So build others up is the next is the next part of of this. Still on the first point, by the way. See, I'm actually I'm sneaking in more points than the three I gave you. <laughs> this is part of living in harmony by serving others. Bear with the weak. Build others up. Welcome each other. So build others up. It says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Now, the meaning of that word please there has the idea of willing service rendered to others. Willing service. In other words, you could change it to let each of us serve his neighbor for his good. We have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, not to serve ourselves. Let each of us serve his neighbor to build him up. So to serve and to build up, to build someone up means strengthen them in their faith in Jesus. So we're to use, it says in Romans, we're to use our spiritual gifts to build each other up. So if you have a gift of teaching, you can use that to build others up. You teach them. If you have a gift of encouragement, you use that to build others up. See, we, we, we're to seek to strengthen one another in the Lord. We bear with the failings of the weak and we seek to build them up and strengthen them. We build one another up at fellowship groups. We build one another up when we pray for one another. The worship team helps us build one another up as they lead us in singing God's truth. So if you're strong in the faith, if you're strong, it's not so that you can just serve yourself. If you're strong, it is to use your strength to serve others. That's how we live in harmony. And then... Verse 7 says, 
that we are to welcome one another. Verse 7 says, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Now, this doesn't just mean welcome one another like someone new comes to church. Hey, welcome to our church. No, it is much more intense than that. It, a short definition of this word welcome would be, I take you to myself. I take to myself. The Greek word has the meaning of going towards someone. And you lay hold of someone with initiative. It means you aggressively receive someone with strong personal interest. Now, that doesn't mean we overwhelm someone we've never met before. You know, the first Sunday here, oh, tell me everything about yourself. I love you. I'm so interested in you. No, but it means we take a genuine, sincere, a genuine, sincere interest in one another. See, the, the Roman church, the church in Rome, was, they were having struggles because it was a mix of Jewish believers, Jews who had gotten saved, and Gentiles. And they would have, in the natural, wanted nothing to do with one another. They would have not wanted to have anything to do with one another. So Paul says, look, welcome one another move toward each other with an aggressive, in a sense, interest in each other's well-being. So for a Jew to welcome a Gentile wouldn't mean he would just say, "Oh, oh, hi, Gentile. Yeah, come on in. No, it means, he says, I want to help you serve God. I want to build you up. I know more about the Bible because I have all the Old Testament scriptures. I want to take whatever interest in you I can and share the word of God with you and help you to grow in Jesus as much as I can. That's what it means to welcome one another. It's it's not like, all right, you Gentiles are welcome. Come on in. You can be with us during worship. No, it's take an interest. Really seek to build them up. So that's living in harmony with one another, bearing with the weak, building others up, welcoming. And then the second major point is living in harmony by imitating Christ. So we live in harmony by serving others, and we live in harmony by imitating Christ. And so verse 3 says, For Christ did not please Himself. There it is again. Jesus, God of the universe, who had every right to please himself, did not please himself or serve himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. What does that mean? When I was studying this passage, I was was saying, why did... Paul stick that in there. What does what does this mean? Well, here's how we imitate Christ. We don't please ourselves, but we bear with others and serve others as Jesus. Jesus did not live to please himself, but he bore with the insults of men against God. So we should bear with the failings of others. Hopefully I'll explain this a little more. Jesus didn't serve Himself, but He came to serve the Jews and multitudes of Gentiles. So we should serve others for their good. And it says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction 
that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Okay, here's what Paul's doing. Paul, Paul first quoted David in Psalm 69, verse 9. Here's what Psalm 69, 9 says. For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. That was in the Old Testament. Now, Paul says, it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So, Paul's saying, the Scriptures have written something out for us. The Scriptures have something to teach us here. And that is that the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And I like the way the NIV puts it, and it makes it a little more understandable to me. It says, for even Christ did not please Himself, but as it says, or, but as it is written... The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So here's what Paul's train of thought is. If I can explain this. He's saying this. Scripture teaches. The Old Testament Scriptures and now the New Testament, but Scriptures teach us this. Scriptures teach and encourage us how to endure the failings of the weak. Because it says, we are to endure the failings of the weak just as Christ endured all the insults the human race directed against God. And Paul says, if we endure like Scripture teaches us and as Christ did, then that gives us hope. Because just as Jesus, as He endured all the insults and sins of the human race toward God, that brought about our salvation. So as we bear with the failures of the weak, we can have hope that Jesus will change them and help them. The question to ask is, this, what he's saying is this, if Jesus bore all of the insults of all the wicked throughout all time, all the insults against God fell on Jesus. Now, in context, as he's talking about bearing with the failings of the weak, he's saying if Jesus can bear all of that, then we who are strong should be able to endure the failings of the weak. So that's the kind of endurance the Scripture is talking about. It's not talking in this particular passage about enduring through a trial. It's talking about enduring the failings of the weak and it's encouraging us to do that. So how, how can we get frustrated with a weak Christian's failures when Christ bore all my insults and all my sins and all my hatred against God? How can I get annoyed at a weak believer's failures and sins when Christ bore my rebellion and was punished for it? There's no comparison. That's how we're to imitate Christ. We're to imitate Christ by bearing with failures as He bore the insults we've heaped on God. We also imitate how Christ became a servant. So he says, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. 
For I tell you that Christ became a servant. Okay, this is how we're to imitate Him. He became a servant to the circumcised or the Jews to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. And I think that Paul wrote these four Scriptures about the Gentiles because to help the Jewish believers to really know that these Gentiles were included in God's plan. And so he says, Therefore I'll praise you among the Gentiles and sing your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with His people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol Him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. So Paul says this, we're to imitate Christ who didn't live to please Himself, but He became a servant to the Jews. He came to serve the Jews by showing them that God had fulfilled all His Old Testament promises to the patriarchs. That there would be a Messiah. That God would send a Messiah. So He came to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. So He was serving the Jews by coming in the flesh that way. And by doing all the miracles He did. And by everything He did. He was confirming God's Word to the Jews and He came also beyond that to save multitudes of Gentiles and add them to God's people. To pour out mercy. And then it says, so Paul says, welcome one another as Jesus welcomed you. He did all that to welcome multitudes of Gentiles into the kingdom of God as well as Jews. So remember what welcome meant? Aggressively receive with strong personal interest. Christ didn't try to please Himself, but He became a man and endured all that He did so that He might aggressively receive multitudes of Gentiles and Jews aggressively receive us with a strong personal interest in us because He loved us so much And He he took the initiative. He reached out to us first. He didn't live to please Himself. And this is how we are to accept one another and welcome one another. Just as Jesus did. To do whatever we can to bear with, build up, welcome, and to bear with and serve one another. And our harmony, as we do these things, it will glorify God. Remember, that's our aim in life, is to glorify God. So, verse 5, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. For the glory of God. Here, can you hear the harmony in there? Together. With one voice. Glorify God. Therefore, welcome one another. Take an intense interest in serving one another. Building one another up. Caring for one another. When we live, when we live in harmony, 
with one voice we glorify God. We offer worship pleasing to God. Not just when we sing together, but in our lives together. As we do this, as we bear with the failings of one another, as we, as we serve one another, as we don't live to please ourselves, but to please one another, that's worship. That is worship to God. That is pleasing to God. That honors and glorifies God. Now this ultimately comes from God. And so what I, what I want to remind us of is we can't do this in our own strength. We can't just walk out of here and say, okay, resolution number 985, I am going to bear with the failings of the week. I am going to welcome people and take an interest in... No, we need God's help to do this because left to ourselves without God's help, we want it all, we want it all, we want it all, and we want it now. But God wants to help us. And so, I like how it says, God is the one who grants it. He says, may the God of endurance and encouragement, may the God of bearing with the failings and insults of the weak, may the God of encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. God grants this. This is a gift from God. This is God's giving, God's grace, God's granting. May God grant you to live in such harmony with one another so that together we may with, we may with one voice glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we do that, See, the thing, the thing about obeying Jesus, obeying the Word of God, obeying Scripture, the thing about it is, is we always benefit by doing it. We, we benefit. It brings blessing into our lives to obey God's Word. So, you know, the tendency is to think, oh, this is so hard. I have to endure with this brother. This is so hard. God, give me the grace. Well, as we do this, it brings us joy and blessing. And so in verse 13, he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. See, this is all done by the power of the Holy Spirit. God gives us hope. We have hope for one another. We have hope that we're going to all become more and more like Jesus. We have hope as we bear with the failings of the weak that they'll grow. They'll become more like Jesus. God will help them conquer this. We have hope. We have, we have an ultimate hope that we're going to be all conformed to the likeness of Jesus. But this, this hope that God gives us comes as we live in harmony with one another. And we receive joy and we receive peace in believing. And the power, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we may abound in hope. Not just have a little bit of hope, but abound in hope. So, sum it all up. 
believers should live in harmony for the glory of God. And again, let me remind you of the question that we always want to be asking ourselves in every situation. What would most glorify God in this situation for me to do? What would most glorify God in this conflict with my brother or sister? What would most glorify God in the way I react to my children? What would most glorify God in the way I obey my parents or react to my parents in this situation? What would most glorify God? If, if, you, if, if you can remember to ask that question, it will go a long way to promoting harmony in your relationships. So we, live in, we should live in harmony for the glory of God. That's our aim. And we live in harmony by serving others. By bearing with the failings of the weak. Building one another up. Welcoming one another. We live in harmony by imitating Christ. As He didn't live to please Himself. But He became a man to help the Jews by confirming the promises and bringing multitudes of Gentiles into the kingdom. We live in harmony by imitating Christ. It says, welcome one another as Christ welcomed you. As we do that, we live in harmony. And as we live in harmony, it glorifies God. Together with one voice, we will glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Let's stand, pray together. Well, Lord, we have just taken in a lot. And we just say we want to do it, Lord. Help us. We, we need Your power. We need Your grace. We ask You, Lord, to give us Your strength and Your power to obey Your Word and to bear with one another's failings, to be patient with one another, to love one another, to seek Your glory above all, to not live to please ourselves, but to please You. Lord, we, we believe that You want this for us more than we want it, And so, Lord, we ask You to do this in us. We ask that as a church and that in every church in this area, Lord, where where the Gospel is preached, that this would be the case so that with one voice, Your people in this area, one voice, we as a church, together, could bring You glory, Lord. We just ask, For all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hope you have a wonderful week. We have a prayer team. If you need prayer for anything, come on up and they will pray for you. Uh, Don't forget about signing up for youth camp. Don't forget about... uh, Don't forget about uh, clearing out the room pretty soon so they can start to...